I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Mario Balotelli. And he's getting boots for this. Mario Balotelli was the Premier League's most notorious nutcase. Mario, I cannot change you. From lobbing darts at teammates to burning his own house down, the striker wreaks havoc wherever he goes. Too many people speak about me, but and now they have just to shut up, that's it. But you haven't heard it all. Are you kid okay, man? <laughs> You've just set off fireworks in your own house and nearly burnt it down. Buckle in for the full manic tale of Mario Balotelli. And it's come to... Welcome back, everyone. I'm joined by Zach, as always. Hi, Jack. We've uh, we've had some feedback that it's quite grating when I reply to your hi with "hello, mate." So <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Fuck off, Zach. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't fucking want to be here anyway. So. <laughs> We're joined by Sammy James, star of this podcast, as our producer and also a Fulhamish, among other podcasts. Thank you. Yes, a man of many pods. Welcome back. We we did the rugby episode together. It's actually our sole joint appearance, isn't it? Yeah, it's the only it's only my second appearance. Um, other producer George seems to get the call up a little bit more than me. I'm not bitter about it at all, but I, I have been complaining furiously to anyone that will listen, which is no one. <laughs> well, you made it on. I think we should just get straight into this one. He's he's such a great story. There's so much here. Do you want to kick us off? Sam? Yeah, let's go. So Mario was. Born in Sicily to, to Ghanaian parents, but he was fostered um, at the age of three by an Italian family, the Balotellis, who he eventually took their name. He got into football at a very young age, and as a youngster, he already had a reputation for pranks in his youth team. So one of his former teammates said, he would pee on our bags containing our clean clothes, and he would pee on people too. <laughs> I, did I tell the story before in the rugby episode that I once accidentally pissed on a guy's hand at a rugby match at the urinal, and he was this massive South African dude, and he like held me against the wall really? by my throat. Yeah, it's easily done. Yeah, sorry, I digress. <laughs> Definitely accidentally. Yeah, genuinely, someone knocked me. Well, you know, like when you're at a sports match, it's like busy. Someone knocked my elbow, and I pissed, and it went all over this guy's hand because we were packed <laughs> in. He was massive, like big fucking. Africana, and he literally had me up against the wall by the throat, and I was like, "It wasn't me." With the same hand that you just pissed on. Well, my hands are sort of dangling limply at my side. No, but his, oh, his hand. Oh, yeah. Uh, I guess I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> that was the least of my worries. To be honest. <laughs> I've got some piss on my neck. My own urine. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is, you know, a bit of piss. Yeah, it's uh, it's all fun and games, isn't it? Which uh. 
was definitely the attitude of Inter Milan because they signed him for their youth team in 2006. Uh, it wasn't until 2008 that he broke into the first team under Jose Mourinho. Um, and it wasn't long before he started clashing with, with Jose and some of the senior players. So Jose accused Mario of, of a lack of effort in training. He also said in one post-match interview that Mario came close to a zero rating, which yeah, is not what you want to hear from your manager. There was also this, this uh, Champions League game against Kazan where he gets on the wrong side of Mourinho again. I'm just going to actually get Mourinho to tell the story because he tells it really well. We went to Kazan in the Champions League. In that match I had um, all my strikers uh, uh, injured. I was really in trouble and Mario was the only one. Mario gets uh, a yellow card in the in minute 42-43. So when I go to the dressing room at half time I spent 14 minutes of the 15 I was spending 14 minutes speaking only for Mario. Mario, I cannot change you. I cannot make a change. I don't have a striker on the bench. Don't touch anybody. Play only with the ball. When we lose the ball, no reaction. If somebody provocates you, no reaction. If the referee makes a mistake, no reaction. Mario, please. Minute 46. No way. Red card. No way. I felt like it was an after-dinner speech with Jose Mourinho there. That was cool. He tells yeah, him well. Yeah, yeah. But Mourinho does does stick with him despite him being not not the most reliable striker because he is fucking good. He's never sort of like a prolific goal scorer, but he at this stage shows a lot of potential. And the following season is this famous season for Inter Milan when they win the treble. Um, there's a great story from their Champions League semi-final against Barcelona at the San Siro. And I think in the build-up to this game, Mario and Jose had, had fallen out again. I think he'd been kicked off the team for a couple of weeks and he was in a bit of a strop about it. So on the coach to the game, uh, Mario says to his teammates, I'm going to play badly. <laughs> and they're all just like, what do you, what, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, I don't care. I'm not, I'm, I'm playing badly. And they're just like, mate, this is the Champions League semi-final. Like, please don't play badly. <laughs> um, and anyway, match comes around and Mario's playing and he's basically just messing around. Like this is this one time they, they're on the counter attack and he's got the chance to play Milito through and instead he just shoots from the halfway line. So all his teammates are fucking livid. But despite this Inter win 3-1, a famous, famous victory. But at the end of the match, the players are still really pissed off at Mario. On his way off, he takes off his shirt, throws it on the ground in front of the Inter fans who are also going mad at him. In the tunnel, Matarazzi attacks him. Matarazzi says afterwards, I gave him a good beating. And they're, they're teammates. They're teammates, yeah. His, his teammate, Matarazzi. <laughs> captain, possibly? No. I think Zanetti was the captain, but Matarazzi's a bit of a boss. He's the one that Zidane headbutted, obviously. Then after the game, they're in the underground car park underneath the San Siro and they're getting back on their coach and somehow some Inter fans managed to break in down there and chase Mario trying to attack him and the police they, so, shouldn't they be a bit busy celebrating getting to a Champions League final I was like, this. Like, let this bygones like, be bygones yeah, surely yeah, yeah, at this yeah. point some slurs, <laughs> beating Barcelona 3-1 what's the main Champions emotion <laughs> yeah but yeah basically the the fans by this point have lost patience with Mario doesn't help that he openly supports their hated rivals AC Milan oh um, so there's I don't know if you've seen this TV interview uh, I think it was slightly before this during a period where 
Mario had been dropped by Mourinho, he goes on this Italian comedy TV show and they're basically taking the piss out of him for the fact that he's been out of the team. They give him this golden trophy for like missing matches or something. And they then hand him a Milan shirt with Balotelli on the back. And he sort of looks at it and says, ah, nice and like puts it on (laughs) and then parades in front of this mirror in front of the cameras this is on like italian national tv inter milan striker in an ac milan (laughs) shirt so you can imagine how that went down with the inter fans he does he does enjoy some things about life in milan though so in in 2010 he's stopped by police after driving around the piazza della repubblica firing an air rifle at pedestrians (laughs) (laughs) that could be quite painful yeah, I mean, it's pretty. Pellets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, he's, he's, just, he's having a good time. He also has the impressive distinction of dating three different female attendees of Silvio Berlusconi's bonga bonga parties, <laughs> the ones where he dressed up strippers as Barack Obama, <laughs> among other things. Do you want to actually, <laughs> did we talk about this on a recent episode, what the bunga bunga is? They, they like. So, yeah, so bunga bunga with these sex parties thrown by. Silvio Berlusconi, that he was taught by Colonel Gaddafi. Um, it's some sort of like, I think he described it as an African sex ritual where girls basically dance around you. I thought, I thought they, they was, the, the men stand in the middle of a swimming pool oh, and the girls it, yeah. form a ring around them and yeah. slowly enclose them. Yeah. And then whatever happens next, use your imagination. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyway. Balotelli dates three of these different girls who'd, who'd been at the party. One of them, uh, Raffaella Fico, ends up becoming his girlfriend. Uh, and I <laughs> did a bit of digging on her. And it turns out that she got famous after going on the Italian Big Brother and offering to auction her virginity. What's the price? <laughs> well, so yeah, actually it was revealed that this was a publicity stunt because an undercover journalist dressed up as a, as a sheikh and offered her a million euros. At which point she was like, oh, it's only a joke. Uh, I don't know if it was the same the same fake shake as caught out Sven. Who knows? Mazar Mahmoud. He's the <laughs> yeah, wild guy. Yeah. He carved out quite a niche for himself, didn't he? It was just a throwaway line I said on Big Brother. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Million, million euros. Who's, do, do people pay that for that? In fact, let's not even go oh, there. That's a horrible world I don't want to know about. <laughs> However, I am open to offers for my own virginity. <laughs> <laughs> Jack at upshot.email. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if there, any, if there are any shakes listening. <laughs> shakes, real shakes, please. Yeah. No fakie. <laughs> Mazza. Uh, anyway, Mario's about to be pulled out of this seedy Milanese bubble because in 2010, on his 20th birthday, he signs for Man City, who are, of course, managed by Roberto Mancini. Mancini had managed Balotelli at Inter, He'd sort of seen both sides of him, but he decided it was it was worth a punt to bring this mercurial talent to Manchester. Side point, but do you think Roberto Mancini was more likely to become Man City manager because his name is only two letters different from Man City? What, the Arsene Wenger yeah. kind of uh, I, was, I always thought about it with Arsene Wenger, but I never really clocked it with Mancini. Yeah. Yeah. No, very good point. What point are Man City at this point? Have they, have, they haven't won the league. Have they won anything? No, they haven't won anything yet. So they're taken over in 2008. Yeah. I think right at the end of the transfer window. And this is 2010. 
they've you know they're uh, they're starting to become a force is this the rubinio era it is regrettably the rubinio we <laughs> won't go too much into his antics on this form. um but the, balotelli's like considered quite an expensive signing for them still he's i think he's 21 million euros um and he rocks up in manchester people have kind of heard whispers that he's a bit of a controversial figure and a bit you know a bit of an unusual talent uh and there's a story very early on that his mother accompanies him to Manchester and she sends him to John Lewis to buy like an iron and a you know washing rack, standard sort of like first term at uni stuff. And Mario comes back with a quad bike, a trampoline and a scaletric set. Amazing. <laughs> I think that story is possibly apocryphal. There's a, there's a lot of arguments both ways. But this next story is definitely true, which is in his first two weeks in England, he crashes his Audi R8, like destroys it. It's a write-off. Did he think it was scaletric? <laughs> 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 it is hard to stay on the track. It's getting famous. <laughs> anyway, he crashes it and he also destroys the this other car, which fortunately belongs to a city season ticket holder who's sort of flattered, I imagine. <laughs> well, Honoured. I, I think if you're going to have your car written off, ideally it's by a new you know, a club signing. <laughs> anyway, the old bill turned up. Someone calls the police and um, they're like asking Balotelli what happened. And they notice he's got this huge wad of cash in his back pocket. Turns out to be like five grand. And they're, they're, like, they're like, why are you carrying this kind of cash? And Balotelli just replies, because I am rich. Wow. Can't really argue with that. Yeah, no. fair enough. He, do, he does have a thing about carrying around large sums. We're going to come back to it later, but there's a, yeah. another story. Yeah, there's a few tales around yeah. that, aren't there? Unfortunately, although he's making a name for himself off the pitch, he doesn't really get a chance to make that much impression on it because in his debut, it's a... Europa League game he gets substituted on the second half he scores but then he gets injured and he's ruled out for two months ah. so City fans have only had this like very brief glimpse but there's already all these stories about him like his antics in Manchester anyway he goes back to Italy while he's recovering from this two-month injury and he's you know he's pretty bored he's at a bit of a loose end so one night him and his brother Enoch who's 17 they go for a drive around the local area <laughs> just like real bored teenager stuff and they pass a women's prison and they decide you know i've always wanted to know what goes on in there so they just <laughs> drive in in mario's like souped up mercedes car and they they like get to the gate and there's like a guard there and they're like uh, can we have a tour and the guard's like what planet are you on mate <laughs> yeah. it's a prison yeah. how did they even get in i guess there's like an initial gate yeah, well, it was just they just left it open. Yeah, this what story is true, by the way. Like, yeah. I what do you think they were going to happen? Like, oh yes, uh, nine euros ninety nine. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's a gift shop actually. Um, it's it's eleven if you want to meet a murderer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, just like something very Balotelli about wanting to go into a women's prison. Like, what, I don't exactly know what he's hoping to do <laughs> in there. Just, just always wondered. Yeah. To be fair, if you could have a tour, would you? I went recently round Shepton Mallet Prison as a bit of a Christmas activity. Is that what, by Glastonbury Festival? Yeah, it's not too far from it. Um, And it's like, it it used to be a prison about a year ago, and then they've recently uh, cleared it out, and you can do tours. Really? Yeah, locked myself in a cell. uh, How sort of high security are we? Uh, I think it was medium security. What... They used to do the death penalty there. Yeah, I was this say, isn't uh, is a spawn, by the way. I just... Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> visit Shepton Mallet Prison. <laughs> anyway, Mario's denied entry to the women's prison. He, uh, he, he gets a 30-minute bollocking from the prison guards who, like, they're almost questioning him, I think. And at the end, he's, like, very sheepish and apologetic and is guided out. But the story makes the papers. And that one, that one is true, by the way. I've, I've heard people question it, but Mario has confirmed it himself, as have the prison guards. 
Anyway, so imagine being a City fan at this point. Like, all you've really heard about the strikers, all these mad stories. He's yet to do much on the pitch. But he does break through for Man City soon after. He comes back from injury and he's scoring quite a lot. Like, he throughout his City career, actually, he's quite a reliable goal scorer. The problem is he's also quite reliable at getting sent off. And, <laughs> and he's getting red cards from an early stage. So it's... You know, City fans are really seeing both sides of Mario Balotelli from the beginning. The mercurial goal scorer, this great talent, but also this utter head case who's getting sent off and getting in fights with his teammates. So from the very early days, these stories emerge of him basically having little like punch ups on the training ground. They're actually photos. So first up, a photo comes out. I think it's in his like third month of him fighting Jerome Boateng. <laughs> We're looking at the picture now. You can Google it. It's quite good. It's quite like... <laughs> sort of looks like they're like slapping each other more yeah, than it looks like some kind of comical like yeah i'm sure it probably was I, a lot there's also a picture of him fighting michael richards around this time who actually becomes a really good friend of his and i think like you know what it looks sorry you know what it, look, it looks like two meerkats fighting have you, <laughs> you ever seen these like nature documentaries where they're sort of like leading back and like trying to trying to land punches on each other <laughs> Well, I, the impression I get from these is like he gets into these fights, but there's never there never seems to be any kind of grudge held, and he's got quite what I would call younger brother energy. Like I, I don't have brothers, but sometimes you'd go around to a mate from school's house, and he'd have this younger brother who would just like randomly start trying to fight him all the time, and it's like you know he's not very good at it, and he sort of bounces off them. That's what I see in these training grounds. They fights. all love him as well. Like basically every teammate, no no teammates have come out and said he's a real bastard I hated him it's all it's like oh he was he was silly but he's yeah. a good he's a good lad really <laughs> uh, yeah so Ricky Lambert said the way he trained at Liverpool was a disgrace <laughs> he was crazy but I loved him yeah, yeah. they all had like one scrap with him but that they can recount and then afterwards they just became his mate yeah. accepted him for the mental bastard that he is we've <laughs> <laughs> all got that one mate <laughs> drives into women's prisons <laughs> and that's actually quite tame for Balotelli compared to what comes next he also gets into fights with Vincent Company with Carlos Tevez and Mancini, the manager, is starting to get quite annoyed by this sideshow, plus the suspensions coming from the red cards. So it's a bit of an issue. Um, some of the moments are just pure, pure fun. Like, do you remember that time he turned up for a match with a hat on his head that was basically a giant glove? <laughs> Again, we're looking at a picture of it. I would Google Balotelli glove hat. It's like a giant knitted glove with fingers on his head. <laughs> And as everyone said at the time, he looks like the penguin from Wallace and Gromit, the wrong trousers. He puts the glove on his head to pose as a chicken. <laughs> it's an absolute classic. It's weird because like, a lot of the time when you look at the clothes that Premier League footballers wear, and there's, there's such a distinctive style to it that's absolutely horrible, but also clearly really expensive. Whereas this hat just looks like some kind of grandma has knitted it. Just, it's just very strange. <laughs> and he never explains. Yeah. At the same time, what I quite like is he's still, despite wearing a ludicrous hat that looks like he should be skiing or something, um, he's still doing the kind of traditional footballer walk from the coach to the dressing room, i.e. he's got headphones in, not giving any kind of look to the cat. You'd think someone wearing that hat would give a little like kind of like break the fourth wall, look at the camera, but he's just deadly serious. Yeah, yeah. Acting like he doesn't even know what the big deal is. Yeah. I've never, never saw him wear it again though. In fact, I've never seen anyone wearing one. Since. Don't even know what they're called, those hats. Glove hat. Could we make some money? Upshot merch. Resell the Balotelli hat. That is a good idea. Yeah. In, in Upshot colours. Yeah. Get yours. Get in touch if you want to get yours. <laughs> Handmade. <laughs> My mum knits. I'll ask her to bang a few hours. Super limited edition. <laughs> Knitted by Mrs. Rivlin. Yeah, yeah. Very rare. 
Uh, <laughs> anyway, everyone loves the glove hat and that, that's those sort of antics. But Mario is back in the club's bad books in March 2011. He's at the training ground. I think he's in some sort of games room on the first floor. So like second story, he's sort of like kicking back, probably been playing round the clock with Sean Wright Phillips or something. And, and he's bored, he says later. He was really bored. So when he notices out the window that the academy team are training on the pitch just below the building, you know, he does what you or I would do. He starts throwing darts at them from the dartboard. <laughs> a young a young Luke Litter. <laughs> <laughs> a bit less accurate in his aim. And he actually doesn't hit any of them, which is, I think, slightly disappointing, actually. But uh, the club feel otherwise. They whack him with a huge six-figure fine. I think in total, his fines from the club are like 300k or something mad. Was this um, one 180k? <laughs> hey, <very laughs> it's also, by the way, in the same week, Ashley Cole, who's at Chelsea, shoots a youth team player in the hand with an air rifle in the training ground. So it's, it's a bad week for youth players. An epidemic of violence at <laughs> the training ground. Oh, the yeah. Premier League's so crap now, isn't it? God. Where, can, we, can we return to these days, please? Mm, now it's like forcing them to do like a TikTok dance <laughs> yeah. as a forfeit. Yeah. Do you think any of this sort of stuff exists now? <sighs> I guess probably. I feel like clubs are just better at knowing what's going to like make bad headlines, maybe. Mm. Better yeah, at like this, this dart story leaked out immediately. Like they're really not good at stopping these stories leaking out. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewellery, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash acast. So yeah, Roberto Mancini is really losing his patience. And uh, the problem is, just as he's getting really annoyed with Balotelli, he does something really good. Like, they win the FA Cup that year, their first silverware mm. since the takeover, their first in 35 years. And who's man of the match? Mario Balotelli in the final. So, you know, it's I think it's one of those where, like, just when you want to get rid of them, they, you know, he pulls out of the bag. But that summer, once again, Mario is getting on his manager's nerves. There's a famous clip, you can Google it, in pre-season. They're in like this nothing pre-season tournament in America and Balotelli's through on goal in the 28th minute. It's like an easy goal to slot or <laughs> he can this. pass and leave an open goal. 
Instead, he decides to spin and try and backheel the ball into the net and just misses the goal entirely. I remember seeing that and thinking, like, I get it, I, but like everyone went mad as if he as if he'd done it in like the first weekend of the Premier League season. Yeah, it's, like, it's a friendly in America. I mean, the, did did he not say that he? thought he was offside or he knew he was offside. years later he said i thought i was offside he wasn't offside no. um and his teammates are like disgusted you can see in the clip and mancini just pulls him off substitutes him 28th minute but yeah i mean it's like isn't that what stupid friendly tournaments are for in america just dicking about showboating it's a bit like when someone takes a penenka penalty isn't it and like if it goes in if, he, if he'd have scored that everyone that would have been going around social mm. media for years and mm. then like because he misses it's like oh do you think though you- do you think Man- mancini would still have taken him off for if he'd scored it it's quite stern Mancini. Yeah. i think that i guess often you hear like footballers even just like you know lower levels in sunday league say if you pull it off great but if you don't like you're gonna get the bollocking you deserve mm. didn't gary lineker to get the england goal scoring record it, he was on he was level and to get the record he had a penalty and he penenkered it and it was yeah, saved yeah he? and he never broke the record no that was it really yeah <laughs> you'd feel like a fucking idiot <laughs> <So funny. laughs> yeah. whereas balotelli yeah I, I think most fans actually have no issue with it i certainly don't yeah if you did it in Champions League semi-final, then like, yeah, like I would be a bit annoyed. But... <laughs> He's a bit busy shooting from the halfway line. Yeah. In League. He does also do that in the Champions yeah, League. Yeah, in fairness. <laughs> That's kind of what I like about Mal. I mean, look, everyone really likes him. One of the things I like about him is He's kind of all, it doesn't matter what the occasion is. He might like be really good or he might be really mental, but he's not like, he doesn't seem to change himself for, you know, whether it's a big stage or not. Yeah. He seems very just comfortable in his own, like not taking anything too seriously, really, mm. which yeah is, is very endearing. Yeah. And there's like an innocence to it. Like the, the women's prison, I think. Yeah. <laughs> They'll, they'll let me in here, won't they? <laughs> I think his motives were innocent. <laughs> Driving into a women's prison. <laughs> anyway, he begins the 2011 season in a rich vein of form in the scandals department. October of this season sees probably his most infamous incident. You know where I'm going with this one. So the night before Man City's top of the table derby with Man United, police and the fire brigade are called to a fire at Balotelli's Cheshire mansion. So it turns out that a few of Balotelli's mates who were staying with him decided for some reason to set off fireworks in his upstairs bathroom. <laughs> and that like set fire to some towels and it spread into the into the hall and basically caused it caused a huge fire. What were um, they hoping to achieve? Yeah. What I, did they think would like oh yeah. this would be great? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they were maybe they were trying to shoot him out the window and it went wrong. Who knows? Can you set fireworks know. off inside without starting a fire? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Even surely a like, gifted pyrotechnic would be like, that's, that's, that's tricky. Just <laughs> <laughs> lose the towels. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it was, it was a big fire. So the, the report from the fire brigade said that four breathing apparatus and two water jets were used to deal with the fire. So this wasn't just your bog standard left the toast under the grill fire this was this was a big deal wasn't your bog standard um, catherine wheel in the understairs cupboard this was yeah part of the story i hadn't heard was that apparently uh, mario was in the garden when this fire broke out and he ran back into the burning house <laughs> filled a louis vuitton suitcase with cash and ran out <laughs> oh my god that's amazing <laughs> 
That's like iconic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Imagine yeah. if you just witnessed Mario Balotelli running out of a burning building with a with Louis Vuitton suitcase, banknotes flying, yeah, like him. sticking out the side. Hopefully, he got that the uh, the chicken hat on as well. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why did he do that? Well, because he thought all his cash was going to burn. I think, yeah, this is what I was saying before. I think he's I think he's got a thing for cash. He likes he likes having large amounts of cash. Um, yeah, why not? Yeah, cash is yeah, back. Yeah. Isn't well, it? why not? It's because when you're inviting your mates around, you set off fireworks <laughs> in your bathroom. Then it's a dangerous thing to do. Anyway, after the fire, Mario goes and stays in a hotel for the night and makes it to the game. Uh, it's always it's this famous match where Man City beat. United 6-1 at Old Trafford. It's United's heaviest ever Premier League defeat, heaviest ever defeat under Sir Alex. And Balotelli scores the first two goals. And after his first goal, pulls up his shirt to reveal his Why Always Me t-shirt. I which love is, that. is one of the most iconic celebrations ever, really. There's actually a bit of a backstory to it because Why Always Me isn't what he wanted to write on the on the shirt unfortunately i don't know exactly what it was but i'll tell you the story so this comes from the man city kit man who said that on the on the day of this match balotelli arrived he turned up to to the training ground in the morning as he should and everyone's just like fuck yeah mario are you okay like i've seen the news what happened and he's like yeah, yeah yeah it's all good and he calls the kit man off to the side and they they like step outside the training ground and first off he's like it's right if I have a smoke. And the kit man's like, oh, all right, go on then. He like chain smokes two of the kit man's fags, which apparently he did every day, basically. He's already smelling of smoke this day anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. May as well. Can't tell um, the difference. <laughs> and then said to the kit man, look, I want to, I want to print this t-shirt. And the kit man's like, sure. Okay. What, what do you want to get on it? And apparently the first two things that Mario suggested, the kit man was just like, fuck off. No way. There's just no way you can print that. And then eventually Mario's like, okay, what about why always me? And he's like, sure. Okay, let's do it. So prints the t-shirt, Mario scores, reveals the shirt. And after the game, apparently Mancini was absolutely livid, came to the kit man and was like, what the fuck did you do? Kit man was then banned from printing shirts. <laughs> oh my God. Lost your printing privileges. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no longer allowed to use the printing. His collection of letters was taken away from him <laughs> ceremoniously. Because it was the same letters yeah. that you get on the back of a shirt, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was like yeah, official, yeah. like, like Premier League lettering, wasn't that it? It feels like quite a key responsibility for a kit man printing. You would shirt, think so, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. But also afterwards, do you remember Mario became Manchester's um, ambassador for firework safety? <laughs> so it was like bonfire that was coming up, and they got him to like front their front their safety campaign. <laughs> Smart. Yeah, um, it's nice. Nice. It is a nice touch. Although he he didn't do his ambassadorial reputation too many favors. A few weeks later, when he turned up to Michael Richards' house, and Michael Richards tells this story that Mario turned up with a bag of fireworks, came into his house, and chased him around the house with a firework <laughs> and a lighter. <laughs> He's literally done it again. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> him and him and Michael Richards got on pretty well. There's another story from when Micah joined Fiorentina apparently he was going over there he didn't know any Italian so he went to Mario and was like can, can you just teach me a few words of Italian how do you how do you greet somebody in Italian and Mario tells him oh yeah of course just say uh testa di cazzo <laughs> which means fucking dickhead <laughs> <laughs> so uh so then on on Micah's first day he went in to meet the chairman and just told him testa di cazzo <laughs> <laughs> 
That seems to happen a lot in Italy, doesn't you, it? Didn't Gaza do something like that as well? Yeah, he, uh, but I think he did that on purpose. He said, "He said your he daughter said, has daughter, big tits. Your daughter has big tits." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that was that was, oh, that was deliberate. Intentional, yeah. Stupid Englishman. Yeah. <laughs> Although to be fair, Micah walked into that one really, didn't he? Yeah, you know where that story's going yeah. from yeah. the moment it starts. There are a lot of other antics from this period. So in, in December 2011, Mario broke the team curfew before a game. I think they're playing Chelsea and he went out for a curry with his mates. And obviously everyone in the restaurant wanted to get his autograph, pose for photos. But there was a news report that said, Mario was involved in a mock sword fight using rolling pins. (laughs) (laughs) That must be iconic if you've gone for a curry and you get to see Mario Balotelli having a sword fight. How did he get the rolling pin? I think they're like, do you want to come in the kitchen and meet everyone? They want to meet you. And he probably just saw one on the side (laughs) and just picked it up and like (laughs) lunged and then (laughs) just went from there. But there are so many ridiculous stories that are just so hard to believe there are there's there are also some myths so i'm gonna gonna bust a few mario myths here um so there's one story that he allegedly won 25 grand in a casino walked outside and gave a grand to a homeless man uh sadly untrue (laughs) another one of my favorites was that he supposedly turned up at manchester uni library walked in and paid off everybody's book fines (laughs) It's like, why would anyone yeah. do that? I mean, they didn't. <laughs> um, but that was in the tab. Yeah, sounds, uh, like one of, yeah. sounds like one of the tabs. <laughs> um, another one that he'd found this kid who was was like skiving off school and asked him like what was going on. And the kid told him that he was being bullied. So drove the kid to school and confronted the bully. Lovely. Oh, shame that's not real. Know, it is, uh, yeah. I'd heard, heard that, that one. one. Yeah. I guess a lot of these speak to how people view Mario Balotelli, which is this is wild, but ultimately like almost Robin Hoody type figure. He's one of the good guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you just... And none of them seem out of the question, really. Like if you just threw in... Oh, there was this one, this other myth that he like turned up to a women's prison and just asked for a tour. And you'd be like, ah, yeah. but he did. But he did. Um, the 2011-12 season is Balotelli's second season at Man City, and it's a famously glorious one. He scores 17 goals that season, and he probably would have got more, but he also got four red cards. <laughs> he misses like 11 games through suspension. Oh my god! Which I like something you notice through quite a long period of his career is he has quite good goals per game, but he just never plays that many games because he's always suspended. <laughs> Um, and despite him doing well in front of goal, by April, Roberto Mancini says, I'm done with him. He tells the press, we're selling him in the summer. I, I've just had enough because he's just like getting sent off for these ridiculous, violent incidents. And by this point, like City have Tevez, Aguero and Aguero. Yeah. Like they don't need and him. Jekko yeah. as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they don't, but then again, they got 17 goals out of him. So, not, you know, he's doing doing something. But yeah, he he becomes bench fodder, really. Um, however, he does come on as a sub in the most famous game of all. The game where Man City win their first ever t- Premier League title with that late, famous Aguero goal that we all remember. And famously, Mario provides the assist, which is his only assist in five seasons of English football. No. Yeah. What? Yeah. He's already known for his link-up play. But he? for that to be your only one is truly iconic. Pretty iconic. <laughs> it's probably the only like assist that anyone could ever name. Yeah, like, good point, actually. Who remembers the assist apart from in that specific game? Yeah. It is quite a like messy one, isn't it? He like kind of slides 
in the box and it just dribbles to Aguero at the post. Yeah, no, but it's a brilliant assist. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, it won, yeah. it won them the league. It's QPR of like 11 men behind the ball. It's just like rear guard action and like just finally after just so long of trying, he finally gets the ball to Aguero. Yeah, because again, the why was me thing, like he does just pop up with these moments of magic. Mm. He's also the only Italian player to ever win the Premier League. Yeah, that that amazes me. I mean, Mancini won it as a manager, and like there are a couple of other managers as well. Ancelotti. But then, when you think about it, most of most of the top Italian players stay in Italy. Also, by this point, Balotelli's already—he's only like twenty-two or something. He's won a treble at Inter. Now he's won Man City's first title, Mm. some other silverware as well. Like he's decorated, isn't he? Um, However, despite the glory on the pitch, he does have the odd scandal off it including a run-in with friend of the Upshot podcast, Juicy Jen Thompson, who <laughs> listeners may remember, she was involved in a threesome with Wayne Rooney. We talked about it in, in the Wayne Rooney episode. Uh, one of one of many uh, Wayne Rooney run-ins in the bedroom. And quite soon after she sold her story to The Sun, this big kiss and tell about her and Wayne Rooney, she's walking through a restaurant in Manchester when she spots Mario Balotelli's table. And as she walks past it, Balotelli notices her, recognises her from the story and just starts chanting, Rune, Rune. <laughs> <laughs> Which is it's pretty quick-witted, yeah, I think. It's so good. <laughs> Quite that. cruel. And obviously, if, if you were her, I think you'd be pretty mortified, you'd think, at this like taunting. But somehow the situation ends with them swapping numbers. Of course it does. And they begin a brief fling. So they sleep together five times and it only ends when Juicy Jen inevitably sells her story <laughs> to the papers. Who could have seen that coming? Yeah. Uh, so uh, according to the reports, she earned a hundred grand selling the Rooney story to the tabloids, kiss and tell. And she earned 70 grand selling the Balotelli story, which is wow, she's, decent yeah, work if you can get it. <laughs> yeah. Although I'm not sure about the trajectory there. It's like 170. Like you're kind of working your way down the pyramid. It's not a repeat. Yeah. It's not a repeatable business model, is it? Mm, it's like how much you're getting for Ed in Jekko, and then <laughs> pretty soon you're into the reserves. <laughs> She's actually she does her best to milk it. She's later pictured walking around Manchester in a vest that says "Why always me?" <laughs> oh my god! I kind of respect that. Yeah, hustle. But she does say that. She becomes so unpopular with the wags in Manchester that she starts having to walk around with bodyguards at events. <laughs> so basically the wags in Manchester obviously despise her and they set up what I think is a WhatsApp group called, and they call it the early warning system. And if she's spotted in a nightclub by one wag, they'll text the group being like spotted in this place. And then, and then all the other wags will make sure their man doesn't visit that club that night. So what? she's she's like quite feared. Wow, my word! Like community watch group. Yeah, yeah, also, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Preventing crime. Also, how little faith have you got to have in your in your boyfriend to be like I can't even have him in the same nightclub as yeah. this woman? Yeah, that's what they when the government did that alert system like last year and they tested it out. Maybe like they could have done something similar for the Manchester area. <laughs> Ju- juicy Gen Watch. Yeah. If you were on EE though, you wouldn't have got it. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of get why she has this ring of bodyguards around her, but it's, it's all quite dramatic. Anyway, Mario moves on. He actually doesn't seem that, even though he has a girlfriend, he's not that fussed by the story. And he puts out a, a statement via his agent, Mino Raiola, who just says, Mario is young and impulsive. And uh, unfortunately, we can confirm this story is true. <laughs> don't know why they bothered doing that. Uh, he has another run in with another friend of the pod around this time as well, Nicholas Bentner. Uh, we told the story in the Bentner episode, so do have, do give it a listen. It's a great episode. But basically, Bentner is having a party in a hotel, the Hilton Hotel somewhere. I think it's that summer after City have won the league. And 
his mate goes to get some more drinks. He's like walking down the hotel corridor and he bumps into Mario Balotelli and his friends who are having like a rival sesh in another room. And Balotelli and his mates like rough this, this guy up and like sort of shove him around. And he kind of tries to run away. And as he's fleeing, they're like pelting him with ice cubes, chasing him down the corridor. And Ben is absolutely livid when he finds out and goes and like confronts Balotelli and they have this slanging match. Oh. Uh, they got a lot in common, those two. Actually. Imagine, yeah, imagine just being in one of the other hotel rooms. They're just like, it's a bit of a racket out there, isn't it? <laughs> just like sticking your head out and this Mario Balotelli chasing Nicholas Bender's mate down the corridor, chucking ice cubes at him. Again, iconic moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mario's got a little bit less of a penchant for taxis, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't get that joke, I really recommend listening to the Bender episode. There's some, some interesting antics with taxis. Anyway, so Mario scandals keep coming. But that summer, he does also have an incredible Euro 2012. Do you remember? He he finishes joint top scorer. And there's that semi-final where he scores twice for Italy against Germany. They demol- He demolishes Germany, really. And he does that famous celebration where he... Hulk, kind of. Yeah, he like yeah. just takes off his shirt and just tenses his muscles. He doesn't really celebrate. Yeah. And nice. afterwards, someone says, why didn't you celebrate? And he says, does the postman celebrate when he delivers a parcel? Oh, <laughs> Quite nice. I mean, genius. he did celebrate, really. That's great. Yeah. What do you think of iconic celebrations? That's up there. Do you think what they meant is, why aren't you smiling? Because <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. he wasn't. <laughs> Look a bit happier, please. Yeah. Anyway, he had a great tournament. I mean, they get smashed in the final by yes. that great Spain team. It's like 4-0. But... At this point, Mario's stock in Italy is like quite high because of his heroics. Yeah, and I think it's also kind of curtains for his time at Man City. They they lose patience with him. In December 2012, he actually takes the club to a Premier League tribunal over a fine that they've given him. So they fine him two weeks wages because... Oh, I don't know. Multiple incidents. Take your pick. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, he ends up dropping this tribunal, but... When the January transfer window cu- opens, they're just like, all right, you know what? Fuck you. You're trying to try to sue the club. I didn't know you could um, appeal a club fine through the Premier League. Yeah, I guess it's sort of... It's not like an employer's tribunal. Like there was actual- Premier League tribunal. I don't know. Maybe through the PFA or something like that. I didn't know don't you could know. do that. But anyway, he January, Man City decided to sell him. Doesn't help that he has a fight on the training ground with Mancini to be like dragged apart. Eventually, Milan come in for him and he, he signs for them. I just wanted to read out a letter that we received on Twitter a little while ago because it relates to this period. So it says, My friend used to work for City and I met Mario a few times at the training ground. When he left, he gave me this and he sent us a picture of a about one metre high picture of a black and white pop art style portrait of Balotelli, which has a has a message written in the corner. And this, uh, this letter carries on. So when, when, when Mario left, he gave me this. It was only a couple of years later, someone told me it said, to Sasha, fuck off, Mario. <laughs> Still no idea what I did wrong. <laughs> so good. Sasha. I mean, that, I would love to own that. Yeah. Oh my God. But then it is like signed with like the number 45 next to it. So I kind of think like it might be endearing rather than necessarily like... I mean, it's a collector's item. Yeah, sure. He's made it way cooler. If it was just a sign Maritelli slightly weird portrait it, yeah what, what do you do with that do you yeah, not putting that on my wall <laughs> yeah. but now i would with that yeah, message on yeah. it god yeah that could be auctioned yeah yeah, yeah. sasha let we us can, know we can buy it please sasha <laughs> <laughs> so he mario joins uh, ac milan it was actually said that 
Silvio Berlusconi, who was the Milan president, signed him because he thought it would help him gain extra votes in the 2013 Italian election. What? <laughs> I mean, as it's Berlusconi, I believe that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess the idea is that at this point, he was an Italian hero after the Euro 2012 heroics and that you know he's bringing this Italian hero home. But it does go down really well with the Milan fans, this signing. So shortly after... Arriving in Milan, Mario goes out for a dinner with Adriano Galliano, who's the Milan sporting director, mm. I think. Um, and Milan fans catch wind of the fact they're in this restaurant and they all turn up outside and start setting off fireworks and singing <laughs> Balotelli's name. And eventually, it's always fireworks yeah, with this guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and eventually Mario comes out and joins the party. He's like jumping around, singing with the fans. There's a good bar from um, in the restaurant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, bring him in. Yeah. They're not for outside. <laughs> um, but eventually this gets so wild that the police are called and the fans end up fighting the police. It like descends into a riot. Oh my God. Um, so this is like the, the kind of fervor that greets him it's in like the land. Balotelli mania. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's the club that he supports. Uh, he's finally he's finally made it there and he does really well there so he spends a year and a half at Milan scores 26 goals in 43 games um which then catches the eye of Liverpool who signed him in 2014 to replace Luis Suarez which that's a it's a hard act to follow yeah. for any for any striker and it doesn't quite go to plan so in the course of that season, Mario only scores four goals. At the end of the year, he's voted one of the worst signings of the season. This is the era where there's like this stat thing that goes around on Twitter quite often where it's like Liverpool striking options and it's Balotelli, Fabio Barini and Ricky Lambert. Ricky so, Lambert. Yeah. And it's like 888 minutes, zero goals. Yeah. I mean, when you go from Sturridge, Sterling, Suarez to that, that is, yeah, it's tough. <laughs> They really fluctuated, didn't they, between absolutely brilliant and absolutely terrible mm. in that kind of... Until the Klopp came in and gave, gave them some consistency. Mm. Like, the ups and downs is It's mad. weird that Balotelli, he was doing so well at Milan. Yeah, why? And I think he says going to Liverpool was the biggest mistake of my career. I've read him say that. Yeah. But anyway, so he does this one season at Liverpool and is pretty, pretty shit, really. Um, and Liverpool decide at the end of the year to sell him. And it begins a quite nomadic um, period of Mario's career. So he he actually goes to France for a few years where he does pretty well with uh, Nice and with Marseille. And then in 2019, he signs for his hometown club, Brescia, on what's reported as a, as a long-term contract. And they actually make him captain. You can, <laughs> you can see they, their, their thinking behind this is like, you know, hometown boy, he's a top professional. He's won everything there is to win in the club game. He's going to come in, set the example for the, for the young players, for what you can achieve. This is the memory of one of his teammates. He used to chase people with a lighter and hairspray, trying to set them on fire. <laughs> That's my captain. I mean, there isn't, a team, there isn't a team at any level that should have him as captain. Like, yeah. he's a brilliant player. But... <laughs> yeah. Chasing them with hairspray and a lighter. <laughs> what did you expect? Yeah. <laughs> In fact, making him captain probably makes him emboldened to do more. That's probably like, instead of finding people, that's what you get for yeah, being... Yeah, it's like making the, the class prankster head boy. Right? Yeah. Will this change him? No. He's just, <laughs> he just goes up on stage in front of the school and does a moony. Like... <laughs> Um, so it's also around this time this video comes out which I absolutely love and it shows Balotelli standing on this sort of sun-dappled uh, promenade 
beside the sea somewhere in Italy with these like Renaissance buildings behind him. And he's surrounded by a crowd of people. And at some point he uh, sticks his hand in his pocket and pulls out a huge wad of cash and gives it to this guy who then starts counting out and it's 2,000 euros. And the guy then gets onto his Vespa and drives it into the sea. <laughs> what? <laughs> Obviously. We can, we, can, uh, we can watch the clip. Off he goes. Off he goes. Oh, it's actually like a proper drop into the sea. That does look fun. Yeah. It's just in a mean, pair of shorts, nothing else. Yeah, I was kind of imagining it to be like down a ramp or something, but there's a good like three foot drop. It's like off yeah. a pontoon into water. Mm. Like, isn't it, didn't you say he's lighting up a fag as well? While he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, Balotelli is lighting yeah. up a fag. Oh my God. It's just childish, like, but it's fantastic. Yeah. So he only he only spends a one season at Brescia and then heads off to Turkey with Adana Demispor, where he 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 actually does pretty well as well. He's got a decent scoring record there, but still has a bit of a mental streak. There's this video of him. Um, he gets subbed off in a match and he's obviously he's in a bit of a huff about it. He like sits down on the bench and you can see his teammate sitting beside him, just like, oh, okay, don't don't make eye contact. Like he's, he's having another strop. <laughs> And then out of nowhere, Mario just turns and just punches this guy in the chest <laughs> for no reason at all. Again, it's quite like brother brother who's just lost at FIFA yeah. and just yeah. smashes the controller on his younger brother's arm. It's like it would hurt, but it's not like actually like... But also, as soon as he sits down on the bench, there's like three other people on the bench. They all look really like stressed and concerned yeah. by his yeah. presence. Like, what's he going to do? Um, his time in Turkey He's does so give him the chance to get some sweet revenge on Besiktas manager Sergen Yeltsin, who uh, back in 2013 had said in an interview that Balotelli has no brain. Um, then eight years later, he, sc- he scores against Besiktas and runs to the to the bench and celebrates right in this guy's face, like pointing at his head. We're like, I've got a brain, I've got a brain. <laughs> Eight years. Love, he's kept this grudge for eight years. <laughs> I have one. <laughs> yeah. So like, it all goes quite well in Turkey, doesn't it? He's, he scores quite a lot of goals. Obviously, there's these bad moments, as ever. So it's a bit strange in 2022 when he leaves Adana Demirspor and joins Swiss side Sion. Mm. To me, that feels like a bit of a step down. The Turkish league's pretty good. But he goes in the January transfer window. And Sion's a bit of a wacky club. Like they've, they've done okay in the league at times, but they've got this mad owner who has been through like 60 managers. He's attacked referees and his own players. He's, he's done some other mad Sounds stuff. Sounds perfect. <laughs> yeah. So I'm beginning to see why he was signed for this club. Yeah, a bit of a kindred spirit, yeah. actually. Um, and Balotelli arrives and he has a dream start. He scores four in his first four games. It's quite a common theme throughout his career that he starts really well at clubs. Uh, But he also starts to clash with the fans quite quickly. And as his goals dry up, the clubs slide down the table. So uh, halfway through the season, it's January. Sion find themselves um, mid-table, struggling. Balotelli hasn't scored since his incredible start. And the manager says, OK, we need a bit of a change of scenery. I'm going to take you all to Marbella. We're going to do some like team bonding, you know, discuss what our goals are. This isn't a holiday. We're going to take it really seriously. And we're going to come back refreshed and ready. Unfortunately, Mario has other ideas. <laughs> and on the first night in the hotel, he persuades his teammates to sneak out after curfew and go to a bar where they get smashed. 
And he then persuades them that they should sneak some girls back <laughs> into the hotel. And of course, she, Mario arrives, like, creeping down the corridor really quietly, like, telling his teammates to be quiet with these girls behind him. And the manager's just standing there with his arms folded in the corridor, like, he knows exactly what's gone on. And... He gets a massive bollocking. So the trip away is a disaster. It hasn't, <laughs> hasn't lifted the team. It's just caused more chaos. Um, and they get back to Switzerland. Things are still going badly on the pitch. But Mario has got one thing in his locker, which is he's hit it off with the son of the club owner, uh, a guy called Bartholomew Constantin. So he's like the sort of like slightly playboy figure. He is officially the sporting director because right. it's a family business. <laughs> but, you know, he's, he's a bit of a wild guy himself. And he invites Mario to this party. And it's a fancy dress party. And Balotelli doesn't really want to be recognised. So he he decides to wear one of those giant Pikachu outfits. <laughs> you know the ones I mean where you can barely see the person's face. Mm. So he turns up at this party dressed as Pikachu. And everyone's having a nice time. Good conversation. Good people. Good outfits. <laughs> uh, but this one bloke keeps coming up to Balotelli because he's recognised him. And he's like trying to take pictures of him all the time. He's just like being quite annoying. Uh, Mario shoves him away a few times. But the guy keeps coming back. And after a few verbals, he's had enough and he swings to hit the bloke. He's still dressed as Pikachu, by the way. <laughs> he swings to punch this bloke, but the bloke ducks. And instead, Mario over swings over his head and smacks the son of his club's owner right in the face. Knocks him to the ground, leaves him with a black eye. In fact, at their next game, you see him in the stand and his eyes like completely mm. red. Because uh, he's been punched by Balotelli. Oh my word! That's dressed as Pikachu. <laughs> dressed as Pikachu. What was he dressed as? Do we know? No, I don't, unfortunately, I don't oh. know. Hopefully, another Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> Bulbasaur. <laughs> Always win a back Pikachu in that battle. Yeah. To be fair, <laughs> a wild Snorlax. <laughs> I don't know if it's this incident or just the fact that he's failing to score and, you know, turning into his usual petulant self. But at this point, the Siren fans turn on him. They start booing him. At one game, they burn his shirt. So it's all getting quite ugly. At this point, Mario's like, well, fuck you guys. I don't care about this club. He refuses to come on as a sub in another game. And it's all a bit of a disaster. They're relegated. Uh, and, And there is a brief moment where... Mario's thinking, oh, things are looking up because he gets nominated for the uh, Pushkas Award, the mm. very, very uh, esteemed award for the best goal in football anywhere. It was for a great goal when he was in Turkey, he scored it, where he like he does like three-step owners and scores a Rabona. It's really great. Mm. But unfortunately, he loses out in the end to a bloke with one leg who gets the Pushkas <laughs> Award. To be fair, it's an absolute screamer. It's like a... I don't know what the exact rules of this game are, but everyone, everyone seems to be on crutches and this guy with one leg scores this mad bicycle kick. It is very impressive. If you're going to lose out, then mm. does Mario take this okay? I think he does. I mean, also a question, you would be able to get more height if you're on crutches, wouldn't you? <laughs> you take it, you take it. But he has only got you. one leg. So actually, no, yeah. I take that back. It's, it's seriously impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I think any of us could do it if we had a pair of crutches. <laughs> Go on, guess I'm now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, so I'm, I, I, I he hasn't commented on that I'm sure he's over it he's not really into stuff like the Pushkas Award but he's uh, that's the end of his time in Switzerland I think I tell that story in full that season because it's a great microcosm of his whole career I think like it starts really well mm. and then it all just falls apart hilarious drama some some good goals but... yeah like a story you can't quite believe it yeah. seems too perfect and it's all over and he's back in Turkey now yeah why was him exactly <laughs> anyway so that, I mean that's his story we'll uh, keep listeners informed because I imagine there might be a couple more acts and I can can, I wonder what do you think he's going to do post playing I mean he made that one appearance 
as a pundit on Champions League coverage. I think he, he did all right on that. I yes. Think. Yeah. Was that on? Um, was that on like the CBS show or something? I like think that? it was TNT I think Sports. It was, TNT, wasn't it? it was Champions League final. That was it. Because the was game it, yes. was the game was in Turkey, and he'd played for both sides. Yes, because Man City, obviously. And they were like, "Who do you want to win?" He goes, "I don't care. I just hope it ends early because the traffic in Istanbul's really bad." <laughs> 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 yeah, it's pretty good. And I genuinely think he yeah. didn't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean punditry. No, there's no way that Mario Balotelli will take the just like root of punditry or management or something. He's like not going to be a manager, yeah, like politics or something like that. Mm. <laughs> you know how like that lower league team made Gaza manager just because it's Gaza. You could see a team making the mistake yeah. of naming him as their manager. <laughs> First days trying to do a team talk and then just get a hairspray and a lighter out. <laughs> Where would you rank him in the, we've talked about a lot of them on this pod, in the pantheon of great Premier League nutters, where do you rank Mario Balotelli? Like, versus like your Bartons, Fashnus, Bentner. I think he's up. He's definitely up there. I mean, he's a completely different category to Barton or Fashionu, really, because he's Mario, with the maybe exception of the darts incident, everything is, he's just having fun, really. And you can't help but not love him. And I think it's a really good summary or reflection of him that all of his teammates love him. Even the managers that had such a nightmare trying to tame him are still just like, he's a great guy. Ma- Mancini um, often says, I love him, but he's crazy. Yeah. And he dealt with him, you know, even more. He had the Man City sin and he actually recalled him to the Italy squad yeah, like in 2022. Yeah. He recalled him. He didn't even play him, but he just wanted him in the training ground, which I think of all the players to have around the camp. <laughs> he's the class clown, not the class psycho. Yeah. He's mm. a bit mental. Which there's, the, the, the two are quite like inextricably linked and sometimes bits of both always come out in in either sides but nearly everything in here barring one or two slightly dubious incidents are like just him trying to have fun even even the women's prison thing which is like quite a like wrong weird thing to do but like he's he's mostly just curious and trying Mm. to have a laugh yeah there's a real innocence to it as well isn't there yeah there's nothing premeditated really it's all it's all quite impulsive his funny acts yeah, yeah like even the driving around the square in milan shooting people we never <laughs> I, like, I mean if one of my pals did that then you'd be like yeah, this is, you, you're right but, <laughs> but it's mario yeah it's mario well i think that's probably all we've got time for thank you sammy pleasure please come on again oh thank god <laughs> <laughs> you passed the audition oh good good <laughs> we'll, we'll call you yeah <laughs> thanks Zach. fuck off <laughs> And if you enjoyed this, as always, please share it with your friends and hit subscribe. Thanks very much. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.